podcast tonight we're talking about the wwf conspiracy the world wrestling federation it turns out some of the stuff and the stunts may have been wait wait lee lee (laughs) yes wrong wwf man we're talking about the world wildlife fund oh you researched the wrong topic i i did um I mean, we'll it blew my mind, but okay. <laughs> well, I was we, ready to talk about wrestling. <laughs> we brought in a ringer. I think the two conflate somehow. Well, I hope so. Um, I'll provide what I info I can. I actually saw a t-shirt of someone who had the, the panda wrestling thing, and it said WWF or whatever, and it was doing the, the wrestling joke on the shirt with a wrestling panda. So Nice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You know, I've brought it up in the past, and I have nothing to back this, but it's just a thought of mine. I'm always like, what if there's, like, some fund or some organization that goes by an acronym, and then to cover up stuff, they, like, start an entertainment industry with the same, like, uh, acronyms, so that when you try to research it online, it just gives you all, like, the entertainment business stuff, but I don't know. That's probably nothing, but... I feel like the people who manipulate these systems and, like, you know, the people who own the internet and Wikipedia to try to make all the conspiracies look like it's not true. I mean, these people are geniuses. They've been manipulating this stuff for for generations before the internet existed, before the car existed, before, you know, they've probably been doing it for thousands of years. These kings and queens, you know, manipulating the masses. And, you know, it just, it's genius. I, I get every, the more I learn about some of this stuff, it just baffles me. The, the, the layers of deception and, you know, how they use language and try to, you know, trick you into thinking a certain way. Um, and so, yeah, the, it's at a really freaking high level. You know, it takes, it's hard to catch some of this stuff. It is impressive because yeah. it used to just be like, uh, King said this, therefore it's true. But like with all the technologies they've had to keep up. But then again, they have the technology before us, so I'm sure they devise their strategy before they even release it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, oh, well, real quick, I think we, we should probably finish the intro. We got, we do have a guest today. So the Do You Believe podcast, we got uh, yours truly, Max, and we got our... Uh, producer and audio engineer Leland and uh we also got our guest today we've had him on before say hi Tom hey guys I'm glad to be back with you guys I appreciate it (laughs) glad to have you back so what are we really talking about Max (laughs) so today we're actually talking it is the WWF but I think it goes by what the World Wildlife Fund um you know, I've done a bit of research. We also brought Tom on because I think he's done probably a little bit more research than myself. Lee, I'm not sure exactly where you are with it, but, uh, you know, um, the WWF started by, who is it, Prince? One of those. Prince, Prince Philip. Just died. Prince Philip, yeah. Oh, he yeah. seems to have started this, and 
prior to starting the WWF, to my knowledge, he was like an avid, uh, like exotic game poacher, which kind of goes. Yeah, he's. I mean, you obviously know about the British royals and their fox hunts. You know, dogs tearing a fox to pieces. He's shot tigers in India, elephants. There's photos of him doing it. And, you know, his other royal buddies, too, they do this stuff. So it's clear they don't give us they don't give a crap about the animals or nature. It's just they, they create this institution as a vehicle, basically to just take over these huge tracts of land. And, you know, they hire their guys from British intelligence and the SAS as um you know the, the the people i mean by by what i think one of the big questions we should ask about how exactly the wwf just takes over huge tracts of land and they actually kick indigenous people off of their land who have been sustainably you know hunting on this on their land for hundreds if not thousands of years and so those people aren't allowed to do it but you have Prince Philip and Prince Bernard and, um, you know, I can list off some names as we get into this. But, um, you know, they're, they're the ones who know best. They're the ones who can take control of the land. But the indigenous people who live there, you know, they just have to move out. And so, I mean, that in itself is just appalling. I mean, we can't, I mean, each one of these things that we can go over with the, the, the atrocities, really, that this whole thing has been linked to is uh and they still have commercials in it and it's funded by public donations it's like oh my gosh right they're, right they're causing so, wars so, in rwanda and burundi i could just go on and on right so i think you know uh the what's advertised and marketed like you said tom on online and on tv is uh it's a fund to raise money in order to do things like preserve land um well you know as as, as marketed to preserve land and to protect wildlife, stop, stop poaching. So, um, and, and like you said, it's a public fund. So they do these advertisements and then people basically donate, um, and what's marketed and what is, could be debated, um, is that the money goes to, like I said, preserving land, helping anti-poaching efforts, things of that nature, basically to protect nature. And so the conspiracy is basically, uh, rather than doing that, um, there's, you know, this organization kind of behind the scenes that really is using the fund to uh, propagate like indigenous warfare, as well as just, I mean, what seems very obvious to me would be like a land grab move, right? You know, oh, well, we're putting all these laws in place. So uh, this tribe and that tribe isn't killing the land. But really, they're doing it in legal terms to like grab land for themselves and own uh, property across the world. Is sort of yeah. And let me read a couple things from the book that gave me a lot of information about this. But just one little sentence here is that uh, about you know seizing the the land basically is that it gives you a foothold you know in strategic areas from which they can launch freedom fighters you know in quotes freedom fighters to start civil wars. And let me read this other part here where it says that it's a vehicle for controlling wildlife parks in Africa and elsewhere in which terrorist groups and mercenaries can gather, train, and cross borders to bring genocide to places like Rwanda and Burundi. The WWF coordinates and funds the systematic slaughter of people and animals and has made a fortune from the illegal trade in ivory it was supposed to be trying to stop. 
And that ivory trade thing goes back to the Kenyan, uh, uh, oh shoot, Kenyan president Jomo Kenyatta was at the center of this trade, and he was named Kenya's most prominent conservationist. Uh, oh, and he also named Kenya's, no, this is a, an activist who's talking about him, um, referred to Kenya's most prominent conservationists as the poachers. And then Prince Bernard, as WWF's international president, awarded Kenyatta the Order of the Golden Ark for saving the rhino. So it's just like the opposite of what you think. I mean, it's really unbelievable if that stuff is really true. So, um, I mean, this is coming from this, a lot of the sources from The Biggest Secret, written by David Icke. Obviously, lots of people, you know, they don't like David Icke, or they will just, most of them just refuse to even look at his books or anything. You know, YouTube deleted his account just for spreading the truth and stuff. But um, I found another website that that corroborates a lot of these things, too. Um, so I don't know if you guys want to jump in or if you want to take it in any certain direction from there. Right. Well, I was going to say to your to what you just brought up, um, <clears throat> there is an article that I found on The Guardian, which I think most people regard as like pretty mainstream. Um, it was an article written in... Uh, November 25th of 2020, so pretty recent, um, and it's titled Report Clears WWF of Complicity in Violent Abuses by Conservation Rangers. So I think, Tom, this is kind of going off of what you were talking about, uh, propagating like indigenous warfare and sort of like, I mean, pretty much torturing um, like, like some of the indigenous people. I guess there was a court case. I didn't really follow it, but um, this article kind of just reports out that basically the WWF was found like they were cleared of all charges. But when you go into the article, it almost seems like they were cleared just strictly off of uh, like legal terms. So there this sort of uh, propagation of warfare on indigenous lands and mercenary hires that they that uh, would basically murder a bunch of people in, in, in these indigenous areas. Um, WWF was found as, you know, not guilty, but when you kind of read it through this article, at least it shows that they were kind of on the outskirts, almost orchestrating it again through legal loopholes. You could almost argue where, uh, you know, they were funding the activities, but they weren't directly imposing them in a sort of way. Uh, and that's kind of the takeaway I had, you know, a lot of these organizations, obviously they're going to have lawyers that understand international law. So once they do get, uh, you know, discovered or once there's something that goes to court, they're probably, they probably got their books ready and their pencils already sharpened to sort of, um, defend themselves in the court of law. And that seems to be like what happened with the WWF. So again, they were cleared of the charges. But the report on, from The Guardian basically says, like, they still definitely had a hand in it. And, um, you know, whether it was by supplying, you know, weapons or sort of like orchestrating the, uh, the uh, activities kind of from the outside. Yeah, what I gather is it's just kind of uh, they've set up like a perfect, you know, situation of plausible deniability, like for everything. They just have enough degrees of separation from them themselves between what's yeah, going me, on that they can get this? away with it. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to read something about this because it just ties right into what you're talking about with these rangers. And um, so it says, um, 
So it says, the investigation found that WWF had, quote, no formal mechanism in place for WWF to be informed of alleged abuses, and that the organization had drug its feet in responding to the allegations once they were raised. In December 2016, the WWF uh, field staff reported allegations of human rights abuses to senior WWF DRC officials. WWF could and should have developed and implemented an appropriate response as quickly as possible after the allegations arose. So, um, oh, here's another thing that WWF said. Because there was a BuzzFeed report, too, about how the Rangers... Yeah, I read about that. The, were, yeah, a horrific human rights violation. They supposedly tortured an 11-year-old boy in front of his family because of suspected poachings. Like, what the fuck what kind of psychopaths would do such a thing? And, um, and, and it says, while many of BuzzFeed's assertions do not match our understanding of events, we have commissioned an independent review into the matters raised. So it's like, on the one hand, they're saying, oh, that's not, that's not what happened. But then on the other hand, they're saying, oh, well, I guess we'll look into it. And the same thing is true about like where, when they've taken like uh, uh, money from like shady, you know, sources. They say, oh, that didn't, that's not really what we, what we have in our records. But we'll, we'll be more careful about who we take money from. So they're just this double speak that you know, for anyone who is critical of them, I mean, it's kind of obvious. Yeah, I might add uh, just a side note. Um, I was reading through a uh, another article um, by the Observer. Uh, oh no, this one's the Guardian as well. So okay, sorry. The first one um, that I mentioned was actually. Oh wait, sorry. They're both the Guardian. So this other article by the Guardian titled "WWF International Accused of Quote Selling Its Soul End Quote to Corporations." Uh, just talks about some of the dirty money that they, they take, basically. And I might add, um, <laughs> again, th just keep in mind th the irony. This is a, you know, uh, supposed to be like a nature preservation fund. And uh, some of their corporations that they took money from, <laughs> just to name a few, Coca-Cola, Shell, Monsanto, HSBC, which has had their own track record. I believe it's like a bank. Uh, Cargill, BP, I mean, it's like, it, it kind of goes again, you know, it's just, I, I, the, the, the thing I'd say to that is a lot of times, you know, you get these like, uh, oil companies and whatnot, they get pressure, sometimes legal pressure to show that they're doing things to fight environmental, uh, pollution or something. So this could be one of the ways, well, we give our money to the WWF, sure, but really it's like, you know. A, is that actually what the WWF is doing? And B, I mean, the WWF taking money from oil companies, I mean, that doesn't, that just doesn't really look good, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's hilarious because it really gives these oil companies and wait, let me just rattle off a couple of other organizations and institutions that are major sponsors and partners of this. We have a guy named Tibor Rosenbaum, who's a Mossad logistics operative. We have this guy, Major Luis Bortimer Bloomfield, who's British intelligence. A lot of British intelligence people with this. We have Robert Vesco, who is sponsored by the Swifts branch of the Rothschilds. There's also Rockefeller stuff that's donated to this. So all of these, you know, big banking families, you know, it's all it all goes back to, you know, Freemasonry and the secret societies. You know, when you see this group, you know, of uh, uh you know, secret organizations, oil companies, 
world leaders. Juan Carlos, king of Spain, another one of these big game hunters who, um, you know, who's a founder and president of honor of WWF Spain. Um, yes, the Shell Oil. Um, so anyway, these are some of the people doing it. Um, and what, what were we talking before then? I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I don't need to get off in the weeds here. No, you're you're good. I think we were just talking about, you know, they're kind of um, how they sort of propagate warfare on indigenous people, and I, I don't know, just kind of who funds them. Um, yeah, Lee, I don't know I would, if you want to jump in if you have anything to say. Yeah, I was just saying how they've got it set up where they can just plausibly deny any wrongdoing because they have enough degrees of separation between the people at corporate office and then the the eco guards is what they call them that are on the ground yeah. they can basically say oh we didn't know they were doing that they're not supposed to do that oh sorry yeah we had no way of knowing they could do that you know no formal mechanism in place you know, to be informed of alleged abuses but you know what i think that if people actually care about the environment and want to get into this stuff look at what's happening on the coast of nigeria there's oil companies that are drilling for oil there and all the marshlands around Nigeria are just getting destroyed. That place is like a giant oil spill. And it's so sad because there's people living in that. A lot of those indigenous people are getting displaced basically because their environment is being destroyed. So where's the WWF? You know, are they supposed to be protecting this stuff? But the people of these oil companies are into that. And they're not changing a damn thing about what they're doing to destroy the environment. So, um you got to look this thing in the face, that it's just a scam. Um, I'm surprised people let, let don't see through this. I'm on the same, uh, I'm on activistfacts.com, where they have a bunch of this stuff. Um, it's really similar to what David Icke writes about, so I'm not just getting it from one source here. Um, it says, WWF has been accused of creating uh, conservation refugees by forcing uh, native tribes out of their land to protect wildlife. Uh, residing nearby, even though the tribes and wildlife have cohabitated the same regions for centuries. Survival International, a group that defends tribal rights, said that WWF forbade tribes from hunting in areas they've hunted for centuries. On what authority? If, despite there being scant evidence that the tribes were damaging any of the animal populations in those regions. Here's where it really gets interesting. After tribes are booted from their land, the WWF often uses that very land to pad its own pockets by leading tours typically selling for $10,000 a pop so wealthy individuals can fill jeeps to go see the wildlife that WWF is, quote, protecting. So you're kicking off the people who have been living uh, sustainably on that land so that you can bring in a bunch of rich dicks, you know, driving jeeps, probably scaring away the animals with that, you know, just so they can say, oh, look, we're looking at the animals in Africa. You know, we're saving the environment. You know, oh, my gosh. <laughs> And I, I, I guess I'll just go on here in regards to the, the money, you know, and how it's all about the money, too. You know, they just want to take all the money. You know, they, they have, like, over, like, $400 million. Oh, in total, it has more than $375 million in net assets, including the ownership of a massive building in Washington, D.C., that rents office space to many prominent figures, including former President Barack Obama. 
their uh, COO was paid not over $900,000 in 2019. Another CEO was paid over $850,000 in 2019. They've got uh, uh, over 240 others earning over $100,000 a year. So these guys are just lining their own pockets. But th these people who are making even the, the hundreds of thousands, they're not even the evil ones, you know, in my opinion. They might be, but I think these are the ones who are paid big stacks of money to, to push the narrative, you know. Well, why else would they need to get paid so much money unless they were keeping their mouth shut about atrocities and, um, you know, pushing a narrative about conservation that is just false, yeah right yeah there's even um oh sorry lee did you have do you want to like, jump in no go ahead <laughs> i'll unload on all this stuff towards the end well I, but uh yeah tom's pretty fired up so i'll okay. let him go <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys yeah no of course well i was gonna well i mean i, I wanted to just note and not to di diverge too much but there's also this family called uh they're the resnicks it's not really a family it's a couple and uh i think they're probably pushing you know 80 years old but they own and i don't know the percentage but they own the majority of the water uh that's under la you know they got like underground aqueducts and it siphons water from knows where you know rivers uh deltas and like the ocean and basically you know from what i understand and what I, the little i've read about the resnicks they own like palm you know and like one i think it's called like wonderful is their their brand they own like cuties oranges and a lot of what they do is sounds similar to this whole thing where they say well we're you know we're preserving land and we're we're aggregating and stuff and uh you know it's agriculture but really you know, it, when you dig deep into it, they're like legal moguls who just know they understand all these legal terms and legal documentation to just land grab and own resources for themselves. So it's like they're like, yeah, we're you know, we're giving people water and we're you know doing stuff with oranges and pomegranates. But at the end of the day, when you dig a little deeper, it's like they kind of got there in a shady way through legal terms. And now they own almost all the water under LA in California. Um, and then, you know, the other kind of note that I wanted to bounce off uh, from Tom is, is, you know, I find it ironic when you got like environmental activists and this just is in general when they, they say, you know, things like, Oh, you know, cows are farting and polluting our, our world. You, you know, you got people who are like, Oh, the indigenous people are hunting uh, populations of animals out of extinction. But the, I, the thing that I think people kind of don't look at is like these farmers and these indigenous people, they live off the land. So if I were to bet, you know, I'm not a betting man, but if I were to bet, I would think that the indigenous people and farmers know a little bit more about preserving land than some environmental activists because like they rely on, on the land. So yeah. it's not like they're it's their religion too. Exactly. You know? For a lot of these tribes, they, they believe, you know, in the earth mother and, you know, not taking, and if you, if you take things from the earth, you know, you're raping the earth or whatever, that's part of the South African religion anyway. And so I, that's another one of the reasons why when these groups initially went out, when Europe was colonizing the third world, you know, terrorizing the third world, they specifically went out to wipe out their indigenous religions. 
and replace it with Christianity, which, you know, people can debate whether that's good or bad. But I believe that part of the uh, uh, this agenda that they're that they're pushing is is that they want to get rid of that way of life because they do live sustainably with the earth. They don't need banks. They don't need hospitals or schools or any of these control systems that the elite have implemented to brainwash and control people. So that's why those people need to go and their way of life has to be replaced. Therefore, you know, their land has to be, you know, taken by, you know, call it manifest destiny. And then you have, you know, the WWF doing it and all these different things that uh, uh, centralize the power to the few which in which in includes you know some of those people that I've mentioned the uh, you know specifically like the Windsors and the Rothschilds you know which you might think that they're British and Jewish but you know just a little side note they're actually German you know they have Nazi ties and that type of thing so it all it all ties back into you know, the centralized power the secret societies you know the agenda the, the new world order you know that's really what it boils down to. And they have many different vehicles of, of doing it, and this is this is one of them. Yeah, and I think there's actually something I read about the WWF. It's like, uh, and I think it's debated whether they still are around or not. But there's it's something called like the One Thousand and One Club. I think they were sort of the group of most. I think mostly pretty much just like guys that um, like started the WWF and it was kind of kept under wraps. Like who's on this list? It was uh, 1001 guys, but nobody really knew who they were. Um, I don't know if you have anything to say about that, but I just think it was, you know, they, they kept sort of this secret list of, of guys that owned the fund and, and managed it. So now why would it have to be secret? You know, that's a question. I mean, if they're doing exactly. good things, I mean, yeah. wouldn't they want to broadcast it? Why the secrecy? You know, why the British intelligence? You know, why Mossad? Why, what's the point of that? You know, if you're just helping nature, you know, <laughs> I mean, come on. Right. Yeah. So I don't even want to say that, like, a lot of these different facts or things that I've read are true. You know, maybe some of it's sensationalist or an, an exaggeration. You know, maybe maybe no 11-year-old was tortured. You know, maybe someone slapped him across the face or something. You know, who's to say? But I think asking the questions is important. Like, let's just go to the, the WWF's website itself. I actually read a bunch of the stuff on their website to see, you know, what, what are they actually doing? You know, are they actually helping any animals or plants or ocean life or is it just a bunch of smoke and mirrors and what i found is that it's mostly just a bunch of a bunch of smoke and mirrors and i think that they, they don't suspect that any people who are actually intelligent or skeptical of them are looking at their website and reading about it it's mostly just a bunch of facts about how you know humans are behind the current rate of uh uh you know, species extinction which at least, you know, 100 to 1,000 times higher than nature intended. We've seen an astonishing 60% decline in the size of populations of mammals, birds, fish, reptiles, and amphibians in just over 40 years, according to WWF's Living Planet Report 2018. So they have a lot of these facts and statistics about how, you know, the, the animals are getting extinct, and they have all these cute pictures of gorillas and elephants and tigers and stuff. But if you actually want to look up facts like, well, how many did they save? You know, did they are there populations that because of their stuff, the, the, the animal populations are going up? I mean, what's the well, what's the actual work that they're doing? And I have found it difficult looking at their website 
and stuff to see what their $400 million in assets has even done besides just line the pockets of, uh, of a few wealthy people and give the, the elite controllers of the world um, authority over like 40% of the land of Tanzania and huge sections of land of these African countries. So, um, you know, but nobody has the authority like the, the Europeans did when they were colonizing Africa. This is before the WWF, but it's the same principle. To, they basically just drew these lines across the map of Africa and said, okay, you know, the Germans get this part, you know, the British get this part, you know, the, the Portuguese get this part or whatever. And so they just, they just decided that, okay, we own Africa now and we're going to, you know, force the native people to mine for diamonds or, you know, get, you know, the ivory trade. And, and it just goes on and on. So the, the, the point is that anything started by Prince Philip or these, these super elite, you know, oil cartels and, and stuff are, nothing that they do is going to be good. You know, even, I would say that even if, if like you said, Max, that they want to, uh, like the oil companies want to cover for some of the, the atrocities and the, the abuses of nature that they're doing, they want to offset that by investing in, you know, something that saves the planet. I highly doubt that they're even doing anything to save the planet. They, they do something that's a front. It's a fake. It's a fraud. And worse than being a fraud, it's the opposite of what it says. So this must be stopped. I mean, people really need to to raise heck about this. I mean, I I like to get a jolly, you know, from reading some of this conspiracy stuff. I think it's fun to uh, uh, to learn about some of this stuff. I feel like I'm kind of you know finding the key, you know, to the, uh, the to what's really going on in the world. And I'm sure there's some dopamine that gets released in my brain, you know, when I get off on this stuff. But we gotta we gotta remember, you know, that that. Uh, uh, that the knowledge is power. You just got to get this out there. People got to hear about this, and they at least got to start asking the questions and and considering some of these things. And before before they make a donation, because so many people just donate to this stuff. Like to me, like as a whole, I've always been skeptical of any of these huge uh, funds of any sort, whether it's WWF or if it's um, for medical research or if it's to help the needy or whatever. Like, I find it so hard to believe that when you get to that size, it's corrupt. It has to be. I've never seen anything else. And I don't, like, I would say if you're going to donate to, like, a cause, just find out what the CEO makes. And if it's above 100000 like, just, no. <laughs> Because then clearly, yeah, like, it, it's – how can you – I just can't wrap my head around. If I started an organization to to help fund uh, cancer research for children or something like that, that I would say, yeah, I deserve three, $3 million. Yeah, that seems about right. It just – the two don't seem to go together to me. If you're passionate about helping somebody, why would you even care about money? Like, I could see you maybe, you know, giving yourself a reasonable salary just just to live off, but, like – seeing how much goes to salaries like nothing is going to where it's supposed to go and everyone yeah. should be skeptical totally agree well and i also and i i kind of use this example probably too much i think at least where you know the the guys and or girls whoever you know is is ceo bp or shell or whatever coca-cola who's making the donation Chances are they're good buddies with the CEO of like, let's say, of you know, 
to keep on topic, WWF. They probably get drinks together. They probably have coffee in the morning together. And so they're like, yeah, I'm going to give you this much money. Like it, I, it's basically just so I can have a tax write off. And so the public eye will think I'm doing something to help, uh, you know, count negative effects that my business has. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're all buddies and they're all making money together. You know what I mean? So, you know, they're, they, it's, it's like that, uh, oh, what's that guy's name? Johnny Cash song. When he says like, they're probably drinking coffee and smoking big cigars. Like can't remember what song it is, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. you know, he's talking, he's saying that I, there you go. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where my mind always goes to with this sort of thing. It's like these guys are just in suits, you know, they're, they're smoking cigars they're drinking coffee together, having a beer. And they're like, okay, well, you know, I need to look good in the public eye. So I'll d donate to your fund and help you out. And, you know, you, I'll scratch your back. You scratch my back while you're, you know, using your fund to land grab. Give me a piece of that land that has oil beneath it. And, uh, it's a win-win solution. You know, that's just, that's kind of my, my thought on it. Yeah, and, and you have the layers of the, the politicians that lobby to actually create uh, uh, policies that allows them legally to, to take control of these tracts of land and to hire you know their rangers who can basically just kill whoever they want on the land whenever they want so that nobody's allowed in except people who pay $10,000 to ride in a Jeep. And so that's just way too much power. To just only a few. I mean, if if we're looking at what uh, power and authority the WWF really has to to control these wild game sites, I mean, isn't isn't this something that uh, that 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 the world should should know the details on and people should get to vote? And I, I mean, if you just have a few big game hunters and you know British intelligence agents and oil you know company owners that are making the decisions about this, how could anybody trust it? Yeah, I yeah, think people I really mean, I, like to turn a blind eye and just say, "I donated to World Wildlife Fund because I'm a good person." So yeah, yeah, and leave it there. <laughs> so, something I will say and. I mean, I don't watch TV per se really anymore, but I do remember growing up, I always saw WWF commercials on TV. I They seem yeah. to be a bit more scant these days, but again, I, I don't really watch cable, so I'm not sure. They might still advertise, but I don't see them on you know, the likes of YouTube or Google really uh, at all, but... Um, you know, this this all this talk, and again, it's kind of just like side note, but... Some of this also reminds me a little bit. I don't know if you guys, you guys are really into comic books, but there's a Spider-Man uh, series. I think it was like 24 issues or something called uh, the, the Amazing Spider-Man Hunted. And it's basically this dude. Uh, I can't remember who the villain is, but um, I think Craven, Craven, And he basically gets all of these like uh, he gets all of these superheroes to come to his estate. And he's he's like throwing a party for him, and he says like, "Oh, we're we're gonna hunt Spider Man or something." And then it turns out he just locks them on his estate under a dome. It's like a force field, and they basically have to like kill each other and like eliminate each other. But the the main prize is Spider Man. So it's it's I don't know, kind of just relates a little bit. It's like uh, they get they buy up the, these estates and they say like, "Hey, come to my land." You know, we're poaching in the name of. Uh, of what like wildlife preservation you know we're we're teaching 
Because I know there's like a twist on, I see it as a twist, where if you look into how nature preservation and wild game preservation works, they have people poach X amount of those animals every year to, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if you guys know about this, but I'm fairly certain that, you know, they allot, like you can poach X amount of tigers every year, and then that money that you spend to poach the tigers goes to preserving tigers and it's like that's so counterintuitive to me. i've heard of that like, get different it. african governments will do like they'll if for someone to they'll give like fifty thousand dollars you know to the whatever government i don't remember exactly what african you know country we're talking about but they'll give like fifty thousand dollars to the government and in exchange you know they can go you know shoot a tiger or shoot an elephant or something um and so that yeah, definitely happens. But I highly they, doubt that money is going to help anyone. That's just going right into the king's pockets, you know. That's right. not going to help anyone. I mean, you, that nature sustains itself. I mean, I feel like that's one of the takeaways we should have yeah, here. Is that if people are going to take control of these big tracts of land to preserve nature, that should be all that happens there. There shouldn't be any, you know, shady activity that goes on there whatsoever because the nature sustains itself. The, the, I mean, you just leave the animals alone in their habitat, and if you leave the native tribes alone too, you know, as they've done for thousands of years, you know, they didn't kill off all the giraffes, they didn't kill off all the rhinos. You know, the the rhino, the white rhino only went extinct you know, after that. Uh, uh, you know, after the WWF has been there and had their, their hands in it, you know, poaching all the, the ivory. So, I mean, there's a connection here. We have elephants that are getting born that don't even have tusks anymore. Have you guys heard of that? The, a lot of elephants are um, basically because all of the large tusk elephant genes are being removed. You know, they're all getting killed for their, yeah. for their tusks. So you have only the really, really small tusk elephants. Elephants have smaller tusks than they used to. And some of them don't have any tusks at all, even male ones. So the, the, even the, the, the DNA of these elephants is, is different now because of all the, the, the poaching that's taken place. And this is sort of a recent thing. I mean, this wasn't the case a couple hundred years ago. I mean, I'm sure people were poaching, you know, elephant tusks, you know, B before you know people had machine guns and rocket launchers and shit but um on a much smaller level you know who i mean when you have the wwf who ha has all of this land all of this authority all of this money you know they're the ones responsible for those animals they're the ones responsible so when these animals start to go extinct or we have elephants with no fucking tusks they're the ones to blame because they're the ones who took the responsibility to control all the land that they lived on. So we got to point the finger at them because they're the ones who were the, the gatekeepers and, and they're the ones responsible. Yeah, it's always funny to me how I guess man thinks he, he knows better than nature and can handle it better than nature. It's ridiculous. Yeah, always a fallacy. I mean, let me, like, let me read just, something else for you guys, just yeah, from this. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Max. Well, I, I no, I was just gonna say something stupid, Lee. I think if you had something to say, go for it. I was gonna say, like, it, really, all we should be doing is just making sure we ourselves are not we're having as little impact on nature as possible, instead of trying to run nature ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, and manage population numbers and stuff ourselves is just silly. 
Anyway, they want to manage the human populations too. <laughs> I mean, a lot of a lot of these guys um, uh, who you know have these Nazi connections and you know the the. These royals and stuff like that. They want to reduce the population. I mean, it's just a proof of fact. You know, Bill Gates wants to reduce the population. Henry Kissinger has said stuff about reducing the population. Talks about the elderly as their useless eaters. You know, the the Georgia Guidestones, which is one of the only megalithic complexes in the United States, says something about how the ideal population on the planet is like 250 million people or something. They drastically want to reduce the population. Because um, it's easier to control, so it, it's just it's just really uh, it's tough because no one wants to hear that. No one wants to look at the evidence and consider that it's really true. It's uh, it's <laughs> it's sad. Yeah. Well, why do you think Planned Parenthood's a thing? I mean, it's a large eugenic exactly. effort. And I would say largely successful as well. Uh, even yeah. targeted specific uh, races, which people don't know. I mean, it, you know, talk about racism. They they kind of tar- Planned Parenthood really at the root of things. They targeted the black community, and if you bring that up, people, you know, because it's like, I and I hate saying like going getting into sides, but generally the left is the one who kind of protects abortion. Uh, they also are the ones that scream racism and everything, and. If I brought up to, you know, leftist people like, yeah, you know, Planned Parenthood started as an effort to thin out the black population. They're like, well, that was back in the day. That's not their cause anymore. It's like, well, what about everything else that you say is racist? Like, it may have started that way, but it's not anymore. I don't know. I digress. Yeah. I mean, people want to call, you know, uh, uh, you know, white conservatives racist when they themselves you know, want to support an institution where I heard that today and this is not in the past, you know, with uh, uh, Margaret Thanger or Margaret. Tha- I think Margaret Sanger, the oh, yeah, yeah. eugenics supporting Sanger. Planned Parenthood person. 80 percent of the Planned Parenthoods today are in the colored, quote, colored neighborhoods. So they're definitely targeting right. the black population. And at the lower levels, you know, they just care about money. You know, they just want to bring it in and get whatever tax incentives or money paying for these abortions. Um, but when you go beyond this stuff and you start to get into the secret societies and the ultra elite behind it, it's a population control agenda. So, um, and, and, and yeah, the, the the same agenda played out in a certain way through the WWF. They, you know, they're not our friends. <laughs> Stop trusting the government. Stop trusting the big corporations. Yeah, well, and, and I like. I'm glad you mentioned the government too, because um, somewhere in this stuff about the WWF, it mentions that they've gotten big uh, 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 federal grants. That the government's given them money, and um, that this is a group that's funded by princes and kings and oil, you know, moguls. I mean, they can pay for it themselves. Why is it that? When you go to the WWF website, the first thing it takes you to is, oh, donate this. And it auto-fills you to a $50 donation yeah. one time. But then it, goes, yeah, it has an arrow pointing that. to monthly. You know, it wants you to, to – you're just two clicks away from giving $50 a month to them. Um, and, and they're not doing a damn thing with it. Um, let me just read one other thing here. 
Um, it's about the pay-for-play uh, sustainability ratings. Because apparently the WWF has an authority to give a, a sustainability accreditation to, to corporations. In, in 2012, Wilfred Huseman wrote a book, The Silence of the Pandas, detailing the ways in which WWF International raked in cash from major corporations in exchange for the WWF to grant a sustainability accreditation to those corporations. You know, what the fuck is that? You know, what they take money in exchange for saying, oh, you're a sustainable corporation. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's laughable. But, I mean, that's what people really need to read between the lines. And not just say, oh, they right. got a sustainability mean, accreditation. They must be good for the environment, you know. I'll use this corporation. Please. Yeah, I mean, I've heard not. I mean, it's same, 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 but different. Where uh, nowadays there's like an effort to make corporations um, like PC. So like there's so their credit score, for instance, or like better Bureau of Business ratings hinge on how politically correct they are how much they donate to like minority groups which don't get me wrong you know if you're trying to help a a group that's underprivileged by all means but to go through corporations that just seems like uh uh you know blood diamonds to me i don't know yeah, yeah just look I, at it i mean really like if you're donating 50 100 bucks to any sort of cause you're you're just paying their salaries. <laughs> you're not doing yeah, I any agree. good. Agree. <laughs> well, and you can look at um. I I haven't been on it in a long time. I I, I kind of used to peruse uh, in college. There, you know, there's this um, there's things called remittances where essentially if somebody comes to let's like let's say from some country in Africa to America and they make money they'll send money back to their family. I don't know exactly how it works, like how, but you can look up how different countries uh, skim that, that those remittances from people that are trying to provide for their family in like a more high profitable area, you know, a different country. So basically the, this, you know, they'll send their kid, okay, you go to America, make a, make, you know, $60,000 and send us $10,000 because that's, you know, when you convert that through the foreign exchange, it's worth like a ton of money in the other country. Well, a lot of these places, when they send their remittances, um, different countries have different rates that they'll basically tax that remittance. And in some countries, you'll find that like 60 percent of what they send back just goes to the king of that that uh, country. Oh, my and then they just nice. take, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. So it's kind of like the same thing. It's like when you donate to these giant funds i would imagine maybe one percent of your i'm, I'm making numbers up but like one percent you know to ten percent of what you donate probably actually goes to the cause those are clinton the foundation numbers right there <laughs> like the clinton foundation yeah exactly all the all the most the bulk of the money is probably going to like administrative fees uh you know court you know whatever you know pay for this person's salary pay for that person's salary and then once you get down to the bottom of the dollar it's like okay maybe 10 percent of what you donated actually goes to the cause and then how is that money actually being used like for yeah. the quote cause like is it just being you know i mean look at schools we pump more and more money into schools and they're just getting worse and worse. So it's like, it's not about how much money you put to it. It's like, how do you allocate the money? So mm -hmm. I would say it's mm -hmm. pretty similar with these funds. It seems backwards to me where it's like, 
if I said, oh, 30 or 40 percent go to help whatever you're paying and like we're like, oh, that's pretty dang good. But like, no, it should be like 80 percent goes to help what, what we say we're helping. 20 percent goes to admin costs at most. Like it should be something like that, in, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, we, we need real journalists is what we need. I think one of the big problems is the, you know, the media. They just sort of have their uh, uh, talking points and their agendas. And they're not really looking into this stuff. I mean, shouldn't journalists be talking about this stuff? Why is journalists it that just dead, yeah, kids at home are figuring this out? should be on the news. Journalism is dead, and I think it's been dead for quite some time. I mean, you, you, they basically get a degree from, like, Harvard or Yale, the journalist degree, and they already know everybody that runs the operation, so they get the job, and they have the piece of paper to show that they're accredited, and and then they just are fed what to say. I mean, we've done plenty of episodes on, on the media and the evils behind it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would agree, and probably the WWF, they probably, you know – give out little handies to whoever the media is in order to get good publicity, you know? So yeah. it's all like well, they have their own people on the inside too. It's not just people from uh, Ivy league schools, but like, for example, Anderson Cooper, um, who's if you know him, he's like the main guy on CNN. Yeah. Anderson. Um, his real name like is like Vanderbilt. Player. Yeah. He's a Vanderbilt bro. He's totally into really? the, 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 the elite, you know, people. So we shouldn't listen to a goddamn thing that guy says, you know? He's the one who's been making money off this stuff. And, uh, uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly what the Vanderbilts did to make their fortune. But, um, well, yeah. It's kind of should... like, you know, you know Whoopi Goldberg? She, she said her real name is, like, Susan Johnson or something like that. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know if that's actually her <laughs> name. But she, really? She, her, yeah, yeah she, she said... She said that um, she renamed herself Whoopi Goldberg so that she could. I'm not making this up so that she sounds more Jewish so that she would like fit in with the media crowd better. (laughs) (laughs) I totally believe it. She's like, I'm a Goldberg. I'm Jewish. Like, are you though? Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh. There's there's one other thing I had. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't hear super well. Is someone else talking? No, you're good. No, 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 you're good. Okay. So this is the WWF's relationship with China. And I think it's really just hilarious because, you know, some of the, the like the small countries in Africa, you know, they don't have the resources to fight this thing. You know, the WWF can just walk all over them because it has all this money and power. But China doesn't really play ball with them in the same way. And I think it's just really hilarious how they are together. Like, let me, let me read you this. The, the WWF has been criticized for turning a blind eye to China's human rights abuses and persistent pollution in exchange for an invitation to have offices in China. The organization has several offices in China, and China has most of the world's uh, population of the WWF's favorite animal, the panda. Uh, most of the pandas are in China. The WWF also has board members from China, including Wang Shi, the founder of China Vanki Co., a China housing development company that has been given a seal of approval from the Chinese Communist Party. 
When asked about its position on China, a spokesman from the WWF said, the WWF is not a political organization. <laughs> Another spokesman added, as we're sure you can appreciate, we cannot undertake conservation efforts everywhere. We do have offices in China, but we just, you know, we're not really doing anything there. It, it's odd because the WWF has no problem telling the U.S. government to ban single-use plastics or undertaking conservation efforts on land um, that has been home to tribes for centuries. But when it comes to China, the WWF is not a political organization. Convenient. Okay. That's insane. Wait, so 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 refresh me on what you just said. Did you say that they paired up with someone who's like a a land developer in China? Has a, a board member. A, one of the board members is the founder of a housing development company that's been given so, a seal of approval from the Communist Party. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, to me, the WWF seems like a scheme for land grab. And then, I mean, that kind of indicates my point it's like they're working with a land developer or a housing developer well they could easily use the wwf as a vehicle to grab land in other cu countries and then say oh well we work with this board member of a home developer they're going to build homes on the land that we just grabbed it's like they just use it probably as like a vehicle you know to to skim land from people and and then do whatever they need to with that land to make money so pretty wild and they're really smart about it, you know. They they have all their different, uh, uh, you know, it's a spider's web basically, you know. Or, or I think of like an octopus with all these tentacles, in just about every different institution in government. So they uh, and they all kind of work together, so they can have the media come out if uh, if something's going to come out, you know, about Jeffrey Epstein or the the WWF or whatever you know, enormous scandal comes out, they can have their fact checkers and their media, you know, all cover for them at the same time. And so if you're going to appreciate some of this stuff or see it for what it is, you kind of have to look at the whole big enchilada that. That they that there is you know uh, uh, a hidden hand a hidden hand that that has its um, you know feelers out in, into everything and and they have you know a huge amount of, of power and and wealth and stuff like this they can kick people off of YouTube they can impose censorship on Facebook you know if you post something about the the, the vaccine or whatever on Facebook you'll have some you know uh, uh, banner that shows up on your thing or you'll have that little eye with the cross through that, you know doesn't even show people what the picture is unless you click on it right so it all is a, is a uh, uh, massive coordinated effort that's been been going on for hundreds if not thousands of years that's how they got all the resources to begin with you know the 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 main, what is it, the Citizens Bank of the United States, whatever the first bank that was uh, uh, created on the U.S. soil. I'm kind of getting off in the weeds here, but I can make a point about how um, it was basically like dirty pirate treasure and these, uh, uh, you know, people from secret societies and people who were still in Europe, you know, as part of their uh, their loyalty was to, was to the French and the English who were the majority shareholders in the bank in the U.S. So they're, they're cunning, you know, and they, they've been doing this stuff a lot and a long time, and they they have their, their talking points. And so um, it, it just takes a lot of effort to unpack some of that stuff. I couldn't even find this article about uh, the, the facts about the WWF, this stuff, 
the first page of Google, I had to sort through all the stuff that says, oh, yeah, the WWF is the best charity for this and that. And, you know, Wikipedia says a bunch of good stuff about them. So I just want to make this point that anytime you want to learn about some kind of conspiracy or the, the, the truth, the, the dark truth about some of this stuff, is you're probably not going to find it on the first page of Google. Because if you've seen the logo for Google Chrome, it's three sixes. It's a 666. They've got a, the, the, the three little lines that separate the red, yellow, and green. You know that logo I'm talking about for Google Chrome? Oh, it's 666, six, six, bro. And so, I mean, you talk about the lawless one and, you know, that type of stuff. So I can put it in that kind of language that might be more suited for you and your listeners. Is, you know, they worship the devil, basically. I mean, you can call it the devil. You can call it, you know, whatever their secret societies call it or the... They're the reptilians, you know, aliens or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, you know, the it's a an anti-human agenda. You know, these people want to control the world, and 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 these are the ways they do it. Well, and I think too, maybe back in like two thousand, I can't remember exactly when, but I think the window was probably twenty twelve to like twenty fourteen, somewhere in there. I think Google, out of their mission statement, they uh removed this sentence that said we will do no evil and they took it out <laughs> that's not a good sign <laughs> nope. yeah one of the things that gets me is just the boldness of a lot of these uh, uh, institutions especially like uh, I think it's the United Nations if you go to the United Nations website they're openly promoting you know, the new world order and, um, you know, people, they, they talk about, you know, putting microchips under people's skin and creating a one world digital currency. You know, if, I, if people would have talked about this, you know, David, I talked about this many years ago, decades ago. They talked about how this was the agenda. But, you know, people get laughed at for talking about it back then. But now we talk about it. And even the people who want to impose it say, yeah, well, you know, one world digital currency, we can. Uh, uh, they would say about how it would, you know, create more equality and it would get rid of money laundering. And I mean, they have all their reasons, but when you just look at how it all leads to centralized control, the centralized control is bad. We need decentralized so people can have more freedom. That's that's one of my main points. Is the is the government and and corporations and stuff it should be decentralized. You know, it's good that we keep monopolies from happening at a legal level, but monopolies do happen. And there's a lot of monopolies that exist. Um, you know, the, the I internet mean, nat- is a big one. Natural, so. Yeah, natural monopolies make sense if you're talking like power lines, stuff like that. But, I mean, the World Economic Forum said it best. I think their quote was like something like, by 2035, you'll own nothing and be happy. So I, I agree. I mean, I think decentralization is a lot better than centralization. But the 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 thing that makes it so hard to talk about this is most people want centralization. They want to be told to just do this, do that, and we'll pay you money. Like, I really think everybody's just concerned about money these days, which um, they say money is the root of all evil. So I would say probably media is the root of all evil. But <laughs> yeah, we, we've yeah, seen... and the money and the government and. I mean, it's just people are trained when they when they go to school. You know, these these liberal you know places. I, I call it liberal, but you know, it's not not all liberals are bad. You know, they they just been brainwashed more in some aspects. Um, 
than than the than the the at least the fis- I'm just talking fiscal. You know, I'm not talking about the social policies of political uh, stuff, but the the fiscal policies of the the liberal has been totally hijacked to create this centralized. Um, you know, they call it socialism now. But you know, it's basically communism. And you know, you tell me how communism is any different from from Nazis. It's all the same thing. It's tyranny. Tyranny is what it's really called. They can put a bunch of different names on it, but um, and, and some people don't mind the tyranny. They're like, well, you know, if they, at least if they give me a job, you know, and food, then you know, people are too afraid to think for themselves, and so they'll just sort of bow down and accept it. Yeah, I think um, that's been like a key takeaway from all the coronavirus stuff is it's amazing how quickly people are willing to turn over their freedom for yes. uh, perceived safety and money. It's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah what's that called? Stockholm Syndrome. Somebody creates a problem. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not doubting the viruses out there, but. You know, you create a problem or you exacerbate, you know, exacerbate or exaggerate a problem and then you come up with a quote solution and everybody trusts you all of a sudden. It's like, I mean, we've said this a million times on this this channel, like, uh, again, liberals and conservatives, but I would say mostly on the left, people are like they used to fight the powers and fight big corporations. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden it's like, no, listen to them like the same. I don't know. you know, all these political camps, they definitely evolve and transform over time. So I'm not going to say liberals today are the same as they were even five years ago. But um, yeah. the media's done a pretty bang up job of like uh, transforming it and making, you know, holding that same liberal title. And, you know, liberal stands for this, but really their whole motive is completely hijacked, I think. And people aren't really understanding that or they understand it and they just don't care. I think that's probably a bigger issue. But yeah. Well, they, they strike fear into people's hearts. I feel like that's one of the things that makes people, um, you know, to give away their freedoms and to just, you know, accept the the authorities to tell them what to do is because, like you mentioned, the problem, reaction, solution, they create the problem, which is some type of manufactured crisis. You know, it could be a water shortage. It could be a civil war. It could be... Um, you know, uh, any type of divide and conquer strategy. I mean, the 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 ways they do this. I mean, it's just endless. Um, yeah, that's the. But then once once you've scared people enough, they can you know, you can say that oh, if you don't wear a mask, you know, you're going to kill grandma, or if you if you don't pay you know all these taxes, then oh you know you're not you're not part of the group. You know you're you're you know you're selfish or something. Um, for some reason, I feel compelled to mention this because I just learned about this today about how integrated into the traditional Chinese education, just bear with me here, I don't know how long we're going to go, but I feel like this is an important sort of connection here. The, the, the Chinese really love Confucius. They really, uh, Confucius lived like over 2,500 years ago or something. And um, one of his big points was about, uh, was about harmony and how people you know, should always work together and look out for each other and how important family is. And but one of the things that I found interesting is that they define humility, humility as uh, uh, kind of knowing your place and to just kind of put yourself in a low position and um, you just kind of keep your head down and work because you're working for the good of the, the people, you know, the common good. And so that's really what they define as harmony. 
and um, humility, which I don't really agree with that particular definition, but I think it's an excellent example of how um, uh, you know enormous elite you know kind of governments as a way to control people is they uh, you know I'm sure there's a lot of great stuff about Confucianism and the 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 message about you know helping your family and being humble. I mean that's great for the most part, but. As we know, you know the 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 serpent in the garden or whatever talked about, um, you know, you can be like God, you know, know the difference between good and evil. The best lie, or or you know, way to, to manipulate people's minds is to tell something that's partially true and then, but it's kind of infused with a with a uh, either a lie or some some way to manipulate your mind to being you know a, a slave you know somehow or whatever it is. So. But yeah, I, I thought that was. I watched this video about how in, important the Confucian teachings are to the Chinese, and just the, because of how you know skeptical I am of everything, and I look at everything through this lens now, that I was able to kind of point that out, and I'm like, wow, you know, I can see why after all this time, you know, they still teach that stuff because they want the 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 people to to know their place and to be humble. In their way, which means you know not asking too many questions and not ruffling any feathers and just kind of going with the uh, going with the group. You know, the the Chinese have been conditioned to communism for a very long time. So I don't know what's going to happen with that country. I really hope that that gets straightened out. Yeah, I mean, I've got something to say about humility, but I think Lee, you want to? I, I think you were trying to chime in earlier. I was just trying to say I couldn't remember. David Ike talks about the problem, reaction, solution. I could remember what the steps were about just how how control works. This is how you do it through the media. Um, but yeah, I just couldn't remember what it was. But now I did. Thanks, Tom. Awesome. Are we gonna? How how far are we going? I see we're about an hour and ten minutes in. Up to I mean, you guys. I think we. Capped out our our wildlife talk. So, I agree. The one thing I want to say about humility, uh, and then I, I mean, I'm, I'm, then I'm pretty good and done. Because uh, I mentioned this, I think on our last podcast, I said, yeah, it was our last podcast that we did last week. I said, you know, to me, other than obviously like eternal salvation and heaven and stuff with Christianity, I think the biggest thing that Christianity can help, like while we're on this earth is that it does it makes people humble and so it's interesting to hear what you just said about confucian's uh definition of humility being like knowing your place because what i've always learned humility as is like you don't deserve anything so be grateful for what you have and i mean that's it's in i guess i didn't really understand you know people have different <laughs> definitions of humility uh i always like i said i always thought it was just like you understand you deserve nothing so pretty much everything you have is like a gift from god and you really should be grateful for like what's in front of you and what you have in front of you you know focus on today the past is behind you the future is yet to come so just kind of be glad where you're at so it's uh, just just a note to kind of to your point tom it's it's interesting that the confucian religion or whatever teach it i don't know if it's a religion but that they teach humility it's is just, just a no philosophy i don't think it's a religion they, the chinese doesn't like any religion you know anything that talks about the soul and how our true nature is limitless consciousness and you know a lot of that they don't like that kind of stuff you know they only want people to be loyal to the government 
So I, I think that's why they, um, I mean, the same, I mean, everyone would, would want to talk about humility as being a good trait, but yeah, you know, kind of defining it in a certain way so that people will either fit the mold or, um, you know, in the case of Christianity, you know, it's just to, I mean, that's a, that's a way more positive angle. I, th- I mean, because you can be humble and say, yeah, I deserve nothing, but I still have, you know, huge potential as an individual. I don't have to fit any particular mold. I mean, Jesus certainly didn't fit the mold. He didn't just go along with what everyone else was doing. You know, his version of humility was very different than how the the Chinese say that Confucius talked about humility. So, um, just, you know, the devil's in the details. All right, all right can land the plane any final thoughts i i'm good i think it was you know good discussion so happy to have you on tom be suspicious of those giant funds who knows where your money's going yep follow the money always always do your own research and yeah, question everything because I mean the, the WWF is like the opposite of what we've been told. I mean, what else is the opposite of what we've been told? You know, obviously Planned Parenthood is uh, you Probably know everything. unplanned, you know, not parenthood. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, just it's everything. so it's so crazy how they can use words. Just anyone can use words to fool you, and and uh, all words are made up anyways. So what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Well, take it easy, guys, and we'll see everybody next time. Plug the email. Plug the email. (laughs) Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great night.